0: To episode 37 of the Into the We Hours podcast. My name is Sarah Pendergrass, and I am joined over Zoom by my wonderful co host, Kristen Button.
1: Hi.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, it's been a while. We're a little bit rusty. I had to remember what the hell I say at the start of our podcast there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just up there, right beforehand, Sarah's like, what do I say beforehand? And I totally got it wrong, which is why I don't do the intros. (laughs) Welcome back. Yeah. Hey, friend. I haven't seen you in forever.
0: Forever. <laughs> <laughs> like literally forever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Have we, have we even
0: seen each other since we last recorded in January? What's going on here?
1: <sighs> yeah. I don't know. That's a whole separate thing. It's been busy. We have both been busy. Hey.
0: We have both been busy, which is also relevant to what we're going to talk about now as well. Totally. So. Totally. I don't know. Do you want to, like,
1: introduce what we're going to talk about or
0: do I introduce yeah! myself?
1: We're going to get a little check-in on what is going on in the inner workings of, what are we calling it?
0: Oh, I, eight changes. Bottom to butt. Scotland
1: end to bottom end. Bottom to butt. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Basically of Sarah's big, huge Scotland adventure. So if you have not already listened to, was it last episode that we did? Yeah. Of the chicken? Yeah. yeah. So listen to the episode before this one, which will give you a little bit of insight on where Sarah has started with her planning. But um, in all things planning-wise, of course, stuff changes. So we wanted to like have Sarah document all of the stuff that happens in the lead up to these big adventures. So it was Sarah's idea, which I thought was fantastic. Is usually we we usually like talk to people after it's already been done, and you don't really see the step by step stuff and. That's like kind of the whole reason why we do things. If you don't like the process, why are you doing it? Like, yes, you can do that big adventure and things, but the process, if if you don't love every step of it, it's going to be pretty miserable. <laughs> so it's kind of highlighting Sarah's process through all of these changes of your bottom to butt, top to tip, tip bottom, <laughs> whatever we're calling it today, of the uh, of the Scotland adventure. So maybe just give a very, very quick overview, because again, people can listen to the last episode if they have not already, um, but give a quick overview of what you would like to do, and let's jump into what has changed in the last little bit and how everything's going.
0: Yeah, good shout. So in a nutshell, my intention is in August of this year to fly back to Scotland and to trail run. It's going to be a route that I have mapped that's about 700 kilometers from the most southerly point of Scotland at the Muller Galloway, at a lighthouse there, north um, on the mainland before hopping off onto the Outer Hebrides, which is a chain of 10 islands. And there's a trail there that's 250 kilometers long. And I'm going to finish at the top of those or the tip of those islands, um, which is almost the same as the very north of Scotland on the mainland um, at the... Uh, butt of Lewis, hence bottom to butt. So yes, that's my plan. Mid <laughs> mid-August, although I still need to book flights and confirm the timing. But yeah, that's what we're looking at. So yeah, I think when we checked in last time we kind of talked about a little bit about um, you know, where this had come from and why I'm doing it. And yeah, a few things have changed since then. It was the end of January when we last checked in, and I guess to timestamp now it's the beginning of May. And yeah, hey, I'm an everyday adventurer <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's life to contend with amongst everything else.
1: <laughs> That's right. So we kind of put a list together of like um, you have already brainstormed about what stuff has changed. So just in terms of doing all the prompting and things, <laughs> um, some of the stuff that you've listed there. Um, well, let's talk about your training. How's your training going? Um, there's been a difference of adding in a support member of your team.
0: Yeah, there has. So um, when we checked in last time, I was doing this just programming for myself. Um, I didn't have a coach and now I have a coach, which is so exciting. So I'm working with a friend, um, an incredible athlete and coach, Nick Asen. She runs um, her coaching business, Single Track Collective, out of Wellington in New Zealand. Uh, I've talked about Nick previously. Um, I think like in the first episode, maybe when, when I was talking about me and yeah, sort of my journey and Nick, um, I used to be coached by David Roche on swap and Nick was also coached by David. And at the time we were one of only a few people in the Southern Hemisphere or in Australia, New Zealand, I should say, that were coached by David. And, um, we met at UTA, Ultra Trail Australia one year. Um, Nick has come up and raced Blackhawl 100. And um then I went to Tarawera and she was very kind to extend an accommodation invite to me. Um and so I hung out with her and her son in Tarawera in uh yeah, in Rotorua. So yeah, she's someone who's just kind of like dipped in and out of my running life. And yeah, she said it was coaching business and it's just it's really exciting to have her as part of my team. Um She's someone who I respect so much and also it just gives me that accountability. There's like a spreadsheet there, which means I don't actually have to think about what I need to do when I wake up in the morning. I just look at it, hopefully go and do it. Today is going to be an exception to that, as we talked before we logged on. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's my bad. I didn't run this morning and I, am in theory, have a 14 column, which I hill run to do and no, I, I'm not going to bed at 10 o'clock tonight, which is what that would probably
1: require. So we might do a bit of switching around. Um, ironically, I thought I was a really it's lovely to have person. a coach to do that, right? You can bounce well, things off and be flexible and also still hold you accountable, keep you on track. And it's not that you necessarily need the accountability for it, but how great is it having a coach? So anybody out there yeah. who is just feels like an everyday <coughs> person or everyday adventurer, like you, you deserve a coach as well, too, if that's something that you feel like you want, like you deserve it, too.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing, like any level of person can be coached, and they are so helpful in so many ways. And, you know, the way I work with Nick is we have a spreadsheet and line by line, I just comment each day what I've done and how I felt. And then she sends a little response. And there are just some days where she's left comments that I'm like, you know, if I've had a doubt about myself or, like, what the hell am I taking on, which has been only, like, minor blips, but just to have her being like, you've got this, like, this wouldn't be a big challenge if you weren't having these feelings, you know, stuff like that that's just like, yeah, there's, like, someone cheering for me in New Zealand also. <laughs> um, and also you say that I don't need accountability, but you also asked how my training has been going. Um, and when we checked in in January, I was really just building up from scratch, you know, like a lot of run walking, which was going super well, but I was getting a lot of time on feet through hiking and running. And, um, then mid February, I guess I had a pretty big change in my personal life and had a lot of emotions to process and a lot of stuff to sit with. And I, I just couldn't get myself out there. Like I just was not in a good headspace. Um, and, as much as I know nature and movement is so helpful in those times, I just couldn't run. Like, I just can't cry and run, <laughs> um, which is what was going on. So I was still doing a bit of hiking and stuff, but I, I missed, yeah, a fair chunk of time with that. And then as, as these things happen, when you're run down, I got really sick as well for a couple of weeks. So I had probably almost a couple of months of really doing very little and with this coming up in August it's like that's not ideal timing for that to happen so I was like okay I I really need to refocus and the minute Nick came on you can just like look at my Strava goes from like hardly anything to this like steady climb again and I'm like yes I'm getting consistent training in and it feels so good to be back to that but just a reminder like with all of these things you know the biggest thing is getting to the start line and I'm not going to be overdone that's for sure (laughs) um but yeah life okay
1: Life, life. life. Hey. <laughs> So it sounds like everything is on the trajectory up. Just look at her Strava and you'll see that trajectory up in life, running, <laughs> everything else. It's like an emotional so chart. T- essentially. Totally. My weekly totally. mileage. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And weekly mileage doesn't, it only tells one story. Of course, there's everything of life Indeed. that goes behind it, of course. Um, Okay, cool. So it sounds like everything's going well in terms of the training, which is obviously the big stuff, but there are so many different factors as well. Um, another thing that has changed is a exciting new fundraising. Want to talk about that? Yeah. Yes. So um
0: when I started thinking about this mission, I did consider whether I wanted to fundraise for anyone any organization um and really when I started thinking about this adventure I think it was in 2019 I had already reached out to an incredible ultra runner Stephanie Case who um started or founded an an NGO called Free to Run and um I'd reached out to her and was just like, hey, you know, like if if I'm doing this mission, like can I fundraise for the organization? And then obviously that didn't happen, COVID, et cetera, et cetera. And then just as I've been thinking about why I'm doing this adventure, I keep coming back to the fact that because I can, like it's literally that simple, like I can. I have good health typically I have the freedom to travel overseas I have the freedom to run on my own I have you know like there's just so much there that's like literally I can tie up my shoes any day of the week and go for a run and how freaking cool is that um and so Free to Run is, I mean, essentially you can, I would recommend like there's a half an hour short film on YouTube. It's called Free to Run. It's been put together by the North Face and it's an amazing little um, synopsis of the organization and of the incredible work that they do. But their, their mission essentially is um, to drive change in community gender norms in areas of conflict. So Stephanie has worked as a human rights lawyer in places like Afghanistan, Iraq, and they support young girls and women um, by creating these running programs essentially in cultures where women don't have the freedom to run. They they're literally not allowed to go out on the streets and run. Um and these programs foster not only running, but also leadership and like empowerment with these women in communities where their visibility in public spaces is very, very restricted. So yeah, I just For me, like when I start to look at the organization and see what they're doing, it's just like, wow, how freaking lucky are we? And how much do we take for granted? I just walk out my door whenever the hell I want, wearing whatever I want, going for a run in the bush or on the street, you know, like, and so many women don't have that. And it's so much greater, obviously, than the running, but the the running and the sport is a means to get to these women and to to create cultural change essentially for them and give them visibility in their lives and give them, you know, a sense of, of power and importance. So, yeah, it's – I think it's just such an incredible organization. Um, I did actually note down a couple of stats that I'm going to share, um, which I kind of cried when I read this because I was just like, wow, again, how lucky – are we? But bearing in mind, they've worked in places like Afghanistan, Iraq, they had to pull out of Afghanistan when the Taliban took over. And that's essentially what that film is about. Um, But so some of the stats about their impact. So at the start of the program, 50% of participants see themselves as equal to boys. After a year in the program, 80% of participants see themselves as equal to boys. So they're starting out just with this huge inequity. Um, The the biggest one was in terms of like social access. 34% of parents and caregivers in Afghanistan disagreed with the statement, a woman should be able to go wherever she wants outside. So they disagreed with the statement, a woman should be able to go wherever she wants outside at the start of their daughter's participation in the program. And at the end of the program, 86% of them had like it changed their mind essentially on that. It's like imagine like Phil being like, no Kristen, you you can't go outside. Like it's yeah. It's just you know it's to us it seems so wild and yet it is just unfortunately their norm. But seeing the difference that these programs do make to these women, it's so cool just seeing them like their personalities grow and just their beliefs in themselves. And also the way that they then foster other women into these programs too and young women as well is just really changing community attitudes and just seems so important so yeah i've set up a just giving um page i am an ambassador for free to run now as a result of it and if anyone would like to donate i know like times are hard and the cost of living is crazy right now but yeah i just i really believe this is an incredible cause to support
1: Definitely. And yeah, that short film, um, you sent it to me. I, I knew about Stephanie Case and I knew that she is a badass. <laughs> she is a
0: badass, she,
1: yeah. Yeah, she does these huge events. Um, mm. What was the one that they. It's not the Tour de Gion, it's the bigger T- Tour de Gion. Yeah.
0: Is it Tour de Glacier?
1: Tour de Glacier, that's what I want to say yeah. as well. T- TDG or something. Yeah, yeah it it's, it's like, like 450 yeah.
0: kilometer. 450
1: kilometers. Like, <laughs> yeah. she is absolutely toast by the end of it and she is yeah just the way that she speaks about her organization and things and the women that they highlight in it it really does I think give a good indication of yeah what it's all about and I think it's a beautiful cause as well also heartbreaking so don't uh don't watch it if you're like already on the verge of tears because <laughs> it's really emotional for sure yeah yeah so I think it's, it's really, really admirable insane. that that's the one that you've chosen and I think you're going to be a great ambassador for it like such a great cause, yeah. So big, big support behind you.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you for watching the film. Also, I realize
1: you were short on time, so <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um Well, that's really cool. Really exciting to see how that goes, and um mm. yeah, everything that you do for that program—that's going to be awesome. Um, it, all right, it's so a practica- pretty. Oh yeah. Oh, I was just going to say,
0: it's a pretty simple thing for me now when I'm training that if I'm out there and it sucks, I'm like wait a minute, Sarah, you are so freaking lucky to be out here. So you just keep going, girl. Like it's, it is such a simple thing. And it's such a selfish way to just be like, hang on a minute. I'm so fortunate to be out here.
1: That's not selfish. You You know, no, no, no. (laughs) If anything, it's, it's making sure that you're doing the service that needs to be done and hopefully lifting up those women's voices as well. And just giving more support. I think that's not selfish at all. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, all right, so back to a little bit of training stuff. uh, you did check in with George, who is your crew chief. How yes, that go I did that was so
0: good. Oh my gosh, again, talking of team, I am so excited i so lucky to have George, who is if you again, if you didn't listen to the previous episode, he's a friend of mine um for many years now and he lives in Scotland he's gonna be driving a van living in his van with his dog, Tippin, um, while we do this. And he's just going to be there from start to finish with me. So we had a check-in. I, like, life has been really freaking busy, and I honestly haven't really done any planning. And and George is like, so, (laughs) what are we going to do about, like, so where are we camping? You know, are we free camping? Are we booking campsites? How is this going to work? Like, where are you going to wash your clothes? All of the stuff that I was like, you are going to be a good crew chief because I have not thought of any of this.
1: <laughs> I mean, I kind of thought about that on the last one, but it kind of felt like you guys were like, you know, you had your stuff sorted. But those are like kind of questions that kind of creeped in. Maybe it wasn't during the conversation, but afterwards I'm like, where, where is she going to wash her clothes? And that's actually something that I wanted to ask her, Kana. Like, How do you wash your clothes, (laughs) Rukana? Yeah, right, right. Just those little things of like living day to day actually require a bit of planning. So it does sound like George has thought of it, which is amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I am. I'm just. It's going to be awesome. And he's even, you know, talking about because even things like resupplying food and stuff. He's like, well, when you're running, I can go to the supermarket. And it's like, oh my gosh, thank you. This is crazy that you're doing this for me. And, you know, he's very much about creating memories and just, oh, I'm so excited to to have him on board and very grateful. I also, we had a laugh because I had created a spreadsheet with um, a rough gauge of distances, different distances. So, again, for context, I've randomly chosen 30 kilometers a day, roughly back-to-back back. so it'll be about 24 days of running back-to-back back, more or less um and he was like oh you I can see you're testing me already and I was like what do you mean he's like well you missed out like a whole 20 kilometers from the start I was like oh Oops. <laughs> nope that was not intentional <laughs> And he's created his own own spreadsheet. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's created his own spreadsheet, which is way better than mine. So I'm like, okay, you are the man for the job.
1: (laughs) Say thank you, George. Uh, That's amazing. I would also, (laughs) hello, I would also love to have a chat with George at one stage because part of the whole planning for these big adventures as well is most of the time, Most of the time, you can't do it alone. So you do need those like kind of check-ins beforehand as well. Um, It sounds like we've already kind of created this perfect crew member in our head and is now embodied in Georgia (laughs) that thinks of all those things and double checks your work and asks the questions. Are we free camping? Should we plan ahead? What are we going to do about food for restocking? How are you going to wash it? Like all those questions. Um, Good that a crew chief is on board and knows which questions to ask as well.
0: Well, and and that exa- is exactly it. And also to just to highlight, because I know George is conscious of this, he's not a runner. Like he's not, he hasn't crewed before or done anything like this. But he's clearly an intelligent, sensible person who's thinking about day to day living, as opposed to me just being like,
1: I'm just going to run and camp and run and camp. <laughs> It'll be amazing and take photos. And <laughs> I won't even cramp. I don't even need to bring electrolytes. <laughs> Actually what are you yeah. gonna how are you training? Like what are you what are you eating, what are you drinking? Because it's all gonna be also different weather. So now is actually the perfect time to train for Scotland weather, isn't it?
0: It is. And you know, it's actually been quite interesting for me, bearing in mind I've spent quite a bit quite a bit of time training for ultras and running and, you know, hitting decent mileage a few years ago. I went out for um like a three hour run at the weekend and was like, oh, I've just brought some water, like I, nothing. And I keep doing that. I, I'm not like my head is not dialed in. You know, in the past, I'd be like pack my hydration pack with like my cliff bar and my electrolytes and my mix and whatever, whatever and options. And then I get back to my car and I'd have like a green juice there. I literally am like, Oh, I've drunk all my water and I got back to the car and I'm like, there's nothing there. Like I am so rusty. It's. Yep. Been quite funny, but also not funny when you're on the trail bonking, like climbing up a hill, just thinking, Oh my god, why did I think I didn't need to feel this? Right. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, that is one thing that we can take away from this conversation that we need to learn. Yeah. And definitely dial in before we get there. So a message to all you people training for big stuff. Don't wait until the week before to practice your hydration and nutrition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. No, that's definitely,
0: uh It's it's on my list to to sort. I know how to do it is a thing.
1: I just have been forgetting. So yeah. it's just to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forget a couple of times and then by like the third or fourth time that you're like, I really, I'm so hungry after this three hour run. Usually mm. you'll think ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It takes a couple of times to learn.
0: But, yeah, no, good point. It's something I need to work on for sure.
1: Well, good on you, George. It sounds like he's the perfect one. you You right there, Moose? Indeed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Moose is playing in the background. Moose is enjoying the cooler weather. He's all frisky, like, yep, it's much better now.
1: Good job. Good job, boy. (laughs) Uh Hello. And I love that George is going to be traveling with Tinbin... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, so I get to go with I the think that's dog. so good. Yes, I, know. I think that's so And it, good. I did ask for any listener
0: questions before we recorded this, and Tidbin yes. actually sent a question for Ness. Yes.
1: <laughs> and? <laughs> what is it?
0: The question for Ness was along the lines of, what does Ness suggest Tidbin does to help on good and bad days? And what's the answer? Well, I mean, I think Ness would be like, give me... 10 minutes to talk about all of Sarah's needs
1: but um (laughs) (laughs) as the therapy dog
0: (laughs) yeah exactly she has been a therapy dog of late that's for sure um it's just to like be a dog to like let me give her pats and to wag her tail and to listen if I need to talk
1: Uh (laughs) uh-huh just be happy every day and just she'll also happy. just, like, give you a little kiss when you're, you know, not feeling like going for a run. She's like, no, no, no. You can do it. You got this. Yeah. Get out there. Yep. And then some snuggles. Like, that. that's it. Yeah. Perfect. I'm so
0: excited This to That'll have be so good. a dog on the yeah. road, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm going to miss like so much. such so, good yeah. energy. Yeah. Such good energy to have. Um, speaking of listener questions, you did list out a couple. Any other listener questions that are, that you'd like to answer? <laughs> what was that? You cut out on my thing. Oh. Any other listener questions that you would like to answer while we're on that
0: well, topic? Well, one of them was quite apt, actually. I, I'm guessing it's not from someone in Queensland who said, how often do you see snakes? Mm. Now, this is apt because another update since we last caught up was I was bitten by a snake when I was running, um, which is wild. And I was very fortunate. It was a venomous snake bite, but it was a dry bite, so it didn't actually get its venom into me. But that could have ended really differently. So that was a little bit exciting. Um, and I'd say during summer I was seeing heaps of snakes, but now it's getting cooler. It's way better. Do you f- mm-hmm. do you feel the same?
1: I knock on wood. There's your head, Moose. There's your head. <laughs> um, I don't typically see snakes. I've seen yeah, one. A pneumatic uh parkies, maybe it's because I'm there so early, Usually I'm there at like four or four thirty or something. Mm,
0: yeah, I don't so know, sleeping. but
1: like again, knock on wood, like whatever, throw salt behind. I don't know what I need to do to like make sure that that continues, and that I didn't just jinx myself, but I personally don't see that many snakes,
0: yeah, interesting. I feel mm. like i like I see them so frequently, but also, I am going out later, so they'll be warming mm. up. But mm. Ness is a factor because Ness spots mm. everything. So since I've mm. had Ness, I've seen so many echidnas, for example, which I would mm. never ever have noticed because she has such an eye for anything moving. But yeah, I feel like it's been a it's been a big thing. I've been seeing a lot, and not pythons, like actually red belly blacks and and brown and tree snakes as well. But yeah,
1: that was a, that was a there's bit no exciting. There's no snakes that you have to worry about in Scotland.
0: Um the the only snakes in Scotland are adders
1: and adders are actually venomous yeah they i I think one of the most venomous snakes in the world is an adder
0: but they're also i don't i don't know if i've ever seen one in scotland they're very timid and it's not like yeah it would be a it would be pretty amazing to see one put it that way yeah and for it to like
1: advance in on you enough to have a bite or something yeah yeah it'd have to be in a situation to feel like it needs to bite
0: yeah. Like I would never even think of snakes in Scotland, yeah, typically.
1: Okay. It's just that now I'm obviously aware of
0: it. But yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah we would all. think of rattlesnakes in America, but at least mm. you get the rattle. They like, they'll yeah. rattle before they pounce, right? So you kind of have, like, i definitely, I would I would hear heaps of them running in the like trails back at home where I grew up. Like you'd come around a corner and you hear the rattle, but by the time that you kind of are aware of it, you're already gone because you're running. So, it might be different when you're walking. But, like, yeah, the snakes here just would, like, pop out of nowhere. So, it was mm. a little bit scary.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Anyway. All right. Any other listener questions that are of interest that you'd like to address?
0: Oh, one I think that just made me think, but we don't need to address it in detail, was someone was like, How do you think of these challenges?
1: And I was like, What do you mean? Like, I just it think it could of be these... taken in so many ways. So, like... how would you answer that question? <laughs> well,. It's not something I think about. It's just like, hey, I have this idea and I
0: I yeah, I'm just gonna try it. But it it did actually make me think deeper because I do just think of it. I don't think it's anything extraordinary at all. Um, but I also think a lot of it this person is not an ultra runner. And I think a lot of it actually comes to community in terms of normalizing this stuff, you know, like look at Candace, whatever her name is, that's running fifty Ks a day hurt. at the moment oh and she's God. on yeah. Candice Bird. Yeah, she's on day, like, 190 or something. It's unreal. Oh, my God. So it's, there's a yeah. lot of stuff going on like that that I feel that just normalizes things. Even when this, like, past week I was like, yay, I've run 70Ks. And it was like, I don't know, nearly 2,000 meters of vert. But I was like, oh, it's nothing really. But it's like, well, no, it's not nothing. But it's, still it's a just lot. that yeah, Yeah. It's just that everyone on my Strava has been doing this vert challenge and doing
1: <laughs> ridiculous amounts Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Climbing. <laughs> <who's laughs> that. <laughs> Phoebe, like Jill, Jill and Dylan. Todd, yeah. and Dylan. Guys, you make me feel like absolute crap. <laughs> <laughs> but good on you. <laughs> yeah, so, that's yeah, think is, it, Yeah, they are definitely taken it. <laughs> that was wild. Wild. So yeah, I think
0: there, there has to be a lot of influence just subconsciously in podcasts and community and all of that kind of stuff. But I, yeah,
1: I'm just like, it doesn't
0: feel that extraordinary, that's for sure.
1: Well, it's definitely huge. So never... I guess, always have oh, oh, know in the back of your head as <laughs> yeah. well. Like, it's a huge thing, and it is mm-hmm. extraordinary, that not a lot of people do. So, again, like, it's pretty incredible that you get to do this.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I yes. feel very fortunate.
1: Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, part of your training that has been a uh, little bit of interest as well is, You're right there, mate! <laughs> Can you see him in the background? <laughs> He's just like
0: rolling on his back having a good old scratch.
1: He does this thing where he like brings both of his arms and then he like scratches his nose with his two arms and he looks like a dinosaur. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to keep it in, Moose. That's awesome. Featured. Everybody misses our dogs. Um, Kind of cool thing about your training is that you've been getting more into ice baths. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
0: Yes. Yeah, so I was recently gifted an ice bath, which is I mean, a glorified chest freezer with sealant (laughs) Um, and like I have done a bunch of breath and ice stuff in the past, but for ages I wanted my own freezer and I just haven't sorted it. So when I was literally gifted one, it was the most perfect gift. And I have been just um, sitting in there typically for three minutes every morning at three degrees or below. There have been some days where it's been like 1.5 and I've been breaking the ice and it's been freezing. But its I've been using it um sort of as a recovery tool. I did do, I have ice baths after long runs, but it's actually more a mental thing, you know, it's more just like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and getting actually comfortable being cold because I'm going to be cold. So um it's just been such a fun tool and it's so fun to see how quickly, like I don't, yeah, I guess because I have done a bit of this, I was say I, I don't have a fear of cold water, that's not true. I actually have had many asthma attacks as a result of cold water, but I've, really managed to work through that with this and it's just cool to watch my mind you know want to like quit or jump out and then just be like nah you've got this like you know you can do this and I'm like I feel like I'm going to draw on that a lot when it comes to the actual mission as well
1: definitely so yeah, yeah you posted fun. on Instagram the other day of like I really don't want to do this this is the mm. day that I have to do this yeah yeah
0: exactly exactly it's like I really and again note my privilege in like oh I get to like test myself in a cold freezer of water um but yeah it's it feels good like it just feels really good and it's really invigorating and you just feel really alive after doing it so I uh yeah I've been stoked on that that's been going really well one thing I did I know I put in our notes strength I I have to admit and this is an example of just things not working out I joined a gym I paid for for four weeks and I haven't been. Um, Which gym? Yeah. Yeah. Overhaul Fitness in Kalindra. They are such good guys. Like they have such a great setup. I had been a few times before, and this was before I was running six days a week. So I was like, yeah, cool. I can fit this in. Now I'm running six days a week. And I know we we talked about this. I like to run in the morning. I just much prefer running in the morning. And Same. if I do that, I can't go to the gym before work as well as run. I don't have time unless I got up stupid early and it's just not very good recovery wise either. Um, And their evening sessions are like five 30 and I haven't been finishing work on time. And it's just like, I've literally just paid for a gym membership that I've just canceled. And I haven't even been because I was like, this isn't the solution right now. Like I, I love, I really want to go. It was so cool being back in the gym. They're such a nice bunch. They're like just functional fitness, really know their stuff. But Life just was not... I just wasn't making it work. So, yeah. I know other people... You mean like you don't, don't
1: enjoy- have 24-7 to behave like a paid professional athlete? In- I know, but- <laughs>
0: What? is the thing.
1: Z- okay, Why? but then you you think of people we <laughs> speak to on this who are like
0: moms working shifts, going to the I'm like I, I feel like someone else would make this work, but it's not me. I don't want to be rushing everywhere all the time, and it just was not. It wasn't happening. So I really. I have a setup in my to. garage. Exactly. Yeah, I'm just gonna do my own thing. Strength's gonna be so important. That's for sure. You know, it's all very well building the miles, but I need to be strong. So I actually yeah. downloaded Sally McRae's app today as a trial and was like, oh, I might just check out her stuff. Yeah. Just for a bit cool. of guidance. So, yeah. So that was a bit of a fail on the strength front, but you know, it's the thought that counts.
1: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You're off on the right start. <laughs> but it also just shows like, you're, you're going to plan for stuff and stuff isn't going to go according to plan and that's going to happen on the journey and you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. so all good practice well is there mm. anything else that you want to update people on let anybody know
0: no I don't think so I think what's that's like half an hour I reckon that's good um, and yeah I, the only thing I would say is I would encourage I'll put a link in the show notes but I would encourage anyone to jump on YouTube and watch that um, North Face free to run film it is pretty Second moving that- like you said Kristen but yeah it's it's really it's really incredible a real reminder of how fortunate we are and also if you know the importance of this work too so yeah that would be my only thing really um and yeah hopefully we will be sharing other podcast episodes soon with other people not talking about trail running <laughs> um just interviewing some other humans and uh bringing back a little bit of momentum we'll see how we go hey
1: <laughs> yeah we said it last time too But you know what? Life. (laughs) It happens. It's all good. We love you guys for listening.
0: (laughs) We do. And if anyone has any questions that they want to hear about, obviously just reach out, get in touch. Happy to chat. So, yeah.
1: Amazing. Good one.
0: All right. Well, thank you, KV. I appreciate that. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us.
1: (laughs) all right cool we'll sign off there all right thanks for listening to another episode of into the wee hours podcast to get in touch you can find us on instagram at into the wee hours podcast or email us at into the wee hours podcast at gmail.com on instagram sarah is all the gear nay idea and that is n-a-e for all you non-scots people and Kristen is at Kristen botten
0: To read the show notes or to listen on the website, you can visit intothewehours.com forward slash podcast. And to help support this podcast, you can also head over to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash into the wee hours podcast. Happy adventuring and we will talk to you next time.